All right, welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman, coming to you a couple hours after Rutgers lost to Princeton in the season opener. I attended the game, uh, was in the press box during uh, the action, then attended the post-game press conferences. And, uh, you know, I live up North Jersey. I'm actually staying with my mom tonight, uh, so I got a chance to catch up with her. And then going to take the train up uh, early in the morning uh, to go to work in New York City. So coming to you a little late, uh, this isn't obviously a rapid reaction, uh, but it is a reaction and it's a lot of takeaways, I think. So I don't know what I'll end up calling it, but something, something to that degree. Uh, and if you followed me last year, you know that I did rapid reactions after every game and that would be the intention. It's actually a lot easier to co- <laughs> cover it when you're home and you can just kind of focus. Uh, it was it was a crazy environment just in, in the terms of the, the arena. I mean, getting there, um, you know, a lot of fans complained about traffic. It was just kind of a weird setting. Um, I, I grew up like not too far away from this, but it, this arena wasn't really there when I was around. So I had no experience with this arena. Um, I thought, you know, the event organizers did a really good job, but um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, it certainly added to the weirdness of the game. Uh, it was a very strange game for Rutgers. You know, it was very evident that Princeton is a team that, they have six rotational guys back from a Sweet 16 run last year, and they played like a team that knows how to play together. And Rutgers played like a team that doesn't. And that was, to me, maybe the biggest takeaway. And and honestly, I, I, Pico kind of admitted this, like, you know, and he, he took he took blame for for not having them as prepared as he wanted to. He said that Princeton did some different things that they weren't prepared for. He talked about a couple different flare actions. He talked about their their bigs dropping down in coverage, um, you know, and changing things up and how they, they did certain things. Um, but I think that, you know, Pike was used to the rotations tonight. It was, it was, it was kind of all over the place. I mean, the minutes distribution is just kind of wild to be honest with you. And I, I asked him about the bench minutes and, uh, kind of why he went with, with so many guys, uh, for so long. And, you know, he harped on the start of the game, Rutgers falling apart, uh, falling down 12 to four early on and kind of being the impetus for going to the bench. And, you know, some of those guys to their credit played really well. I mean, Oscar Palmquist, he had eight points. He had two threes. It was two or four from three, um, had a nice, uh, baseline layup on a transition, uh, play, uh, late in the first half. And, uh, I thought he actually held up all right, uh, defensively and, uh, gave him some positive minutes. He was in the game down the stretch. I mean, um, I thought Austin Williams, I thought the best thing Pico did in this game in terms of adjustments was putting Austin Williams on Matt Alaco. Um, Alaco was the best player on the court. He dominated. He had 20 or 21 points um, in this game and just was is such a savvy veteran, and it really showed. Um, but when he put Austin Williams on him in the second half, it definitely slowed him down. Uh, Williams had the size to kind of do that. Um, and also just, you know, his experience showed as well. So, I thought Austin Williams played pretty well. Uh, I don't even have the uh, box score. I just so Michigan State just lost at home to James Madison in overtime. Michigan State, you know, between them and Purdue, the Big Ten favorites, uh, number four team in the country, just lost uh, at home to uh, um, to uh, James Madison. So that's college basketball for you. Let me pull up the the box score. But you know, I thought Austin Williams had a good debut. Um, I think, let's see, what did he have? He had uh, 
seven points uh, and on three or five shooting, played 27 minutes. I mean, look, look at the minutes distribution. You had Austin Williams played 27. Uh, Oscar played 23. Jamichael Davis led Rutgers with 29 minutes. So Jamichael Davis, to me, uh, he gave him a lot of energy. Uh, he's a great rebounding guard. He, uh, what do you have? Seven rebounds. He had uh, four points on two of ten shooting, three assists, just one turnover. I thought he played with poise. The thing I thought he did too much of is he took ten shots. I, I don't think that you wanted ten shots from him in this game. Um, but I, I think that his potential to run the offense, I think his defensive uh, capabilities on the perimeter, I think he's good. I I, I liked him. I it was, it was very interesting to me that he ran with him down the stretch and didn't put Simpson back in the game. I understand Simpson played really bad uh, or really poorly in the, in the first half. Uh, Derek only played 17 and a half minutes. He played the second least of anyone in the game. Uh, Gavin Griffiths played the least 13 minutes. So the five starters, Andre, Derek and uh, Gavin Griffiths all played under 20 minutes. And you had uh, three, four, three, three of the four uh, bench players, uh, Jermichael Davis, Oscar, and Austin play over 20 minutes. And Antoine Wolfolk, who was uh, very good, played over 18 minutes. He had uh, was five or six from the floor, four rebounds. Uh, that sequence where he had the steal, went, went, went the distance, dunked it, and then got the alley-oop and dunked it uh, from Cliff. That was really impressive, his athleticism. You know, but, it, but it's his athleticism, but like he's also very under control. The way he moves, he's very cerebral. It's really um, impressive in terms of how he looked. Pico's been praising him all offseason's most improved player, and he he looked he looked a lot better tonight. Uh, so that was encouraging. I mean, there's listen, there's encouraging things that happened tonight. Um, the bench outplayed the starters, but it was also the way in which Pico utilized the rotation. Noah Fernandes, I love him. Um, you know, he didn't have the best shooting night; it was three of ten, but he had ten points. It's just a gutty performance. Um, you know, a couple buckets he made where he got fouled. He did get fouled on a three and made all three. Rutgers was seven of seven from the free throw lines tonight, but I think that's an example of them not having an identity offensively. Uh, they didn't they didn't get to the rim enough uh, in terms of forcing contact. You know, they got to the rim. They were 13 to 27 on layups, five of 13 in the first half. So they were eight of, Aaron does math at 11 o'clock, uh, eight of 14 in the second half, so better. But the first half was really the killer because momentum-wise, they left so much on the table. Uh, and to not come through with a lot of second-chance opportunities uh, was really painful to watch. you know. And, and I was up, we were up on the third floor like the rafters, and you could see the, the balls rim out, and it was just, it was brutal. It was brutal. And they had a chance there in the end of the first half to kind of seize control, and they couldn't do it. And then Princeton, like the good veteran team they are, came out in the second half and kind of hit them in the mouth. Got up by eight points pretty much right away. And that was pretty much the story of the second half is that Rutgers would get it close, Princeton would pull away. Rutgers would get it close, Princeton would pull it away. Uh, Alaka was outstanding. Caden Pierce had 15 rebounds. Um, you know, it, it was uh, it was Zach Martini had a few big threes. He was even, uh, you know, and he's played, he knows Cliff for a long time. He played, he was in the post game saying it was the most important thing in his life to win this game. Like the 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 Jersey guys in Princeton really wanted to win this game, uh, and you know for Rutgers, they're it's very obvious that they're they're still gelling and and Pico's still learning, 
And I think Pykele took it to heart. You know, he talked about not being as prepared. But I think also just in terms of his rotations, like he's trying to figure things out. His team's trying to figure things out. And and Princeton's a tough opponent to do that against in the first game. Credit to them for playing the game. I'm thrilled they played the game. I want them to play Princeton again. Um, But, yeah, there were some disadvantages in playing them in the first game for sure. Uh, Princeton's so well coached. And they're also – they have a lot of – they have six rotational players back from last year. Yes, they lost their best two players, but – Princeton played, you know, whenever they got punched in the mouth, they punched back harder. Um, and I thought that they, you know, it's a really physical game. Cliff, 12.7 rebounds, four blocks, six to 12 in the field. I thought he played well. Um, but, you know, again, they, they didn't dominate the paint the way I thought they needed to. Uh, that was one of my keys and the three keys. It was, it was dominate with Cliff. It was defend the arc. And Rutgers didn't do a great job of that. Princeton was nine of 20. Uh, so it was a good performance for them there. Uh, and then the third key was, um, what was the third key? The third key <laughs> was, uh, in terms of, uh, transition offense. So Rutgers was not at, up nine, nothing at the half in transition offense. They had two points in the second half. Princeton did not score one point in transition. So it was 11, nothing for the game, but it was not where, you know, Rutgers just, you could, they, they did not have an identity uh, offensively, you know, defensively. I thought they played okay at times. Um, they certainly didn't play as good as they wanted to. Uh, I thought that they uh, locked it down there in the middle of the first half when they started to come back. That was big uh, just in terms of how they were able to get back in it, but it was, it was not sustainable in terms of how they played tonight. Um, you know, Gavin Griffiths got the quick hook. He, he made a couple defensive mistakes. Um, which was a little surprising, but I think honestly, Michael probably just realized that this was not the game for, for Gavin to learn on the fly. Uh, and I think that had a big part of it. Um, but again, encouraged by the bench play Wolf, um, Wolf and uh, Austin Williams in particular uh, aside uh, uh, along with Jermichael Davis in terms of what I think he can develop into. Uh, and he's got such raw talent and skill and speed. Uh, it's really intriguing. And then Oscar just doing what he does, you know. But um, they didn't get anything from Andre Hyatt. They didn't get anything from Derek Simpson. Uh, they didn't get enough from Cliff, even though Cliff played well. Um, you know, I, I thought Noah Fernandes did his part. I, I would have liked to see him shoot better. But he, he I thought he played relatively well. Um, so, you know, th- th- that's uh, Derek, Gavin, Andre not giving you much if at all, and then Cliff not giving you as much as you really needed in this game. So that's that's a loss. That's going to be a loss to most teams. Um, and I just think that they'll learn from this. I really do. Um, you know, Princeton is a funky team. They play offense a little bit differently. Uh, and, and it was um, it was apparent that, you know, Rutgers was not prepared for it, and they were off kilter all night. And... It is what it is. They lost by seven. I know people are upset. Believe me, I know. I get the mentions. I get the the comments. But this is college basketball. There's 31 games in the regular season. Michigan State, number 14 in the country, just lost at home to James Madison. You know, this is a – Rutgers can overcome this. And and what they are right now, they're going to be a lot different even in a couple months. And they have a tough non-conference schedule. 
you're at Wake Forest, who, by the way, was trailing Elon by 20 tonight and ended up winning by 20. I think it's the first time it happened in 15 years to, to trail by 20 and win by 20. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that's going to be a tough game. I mean, Seton Hall barely beat St. Peter's. Uh, so it's college basketball. And I, I know people want to be really discouraged. It, it's a marathon. You know, there's a lot of games that are going to happen this season. And, uh, I, you know, I just think that getting so high or so low is not the way to go. Um, you know, Rutgers is, is going to have to figure things out from uh, a role standpoint, an identity standpoint, um, and just in terms of what they do well and what they don't. You know, I think that uh, the veteran influence of Noah and Austin is huge. Um, you know, they have to finish layups. <laughs> 13 to 27 is leaving a lot on the table. They did not shoot a ton of threes tonight. Um, which, you know, doesn't necessarily bother me, but, um, again, if you're, if you're going to miss shots inside, um, you, you got to hit some threes to make up for it. And they weren't able to do that. Uh, Rutgers was, let's see, from three point range, four fourteen, which was like 29%. Uh, and for the game, they shot 40%. Princeton shot 43, uh, but Princeton not rebounded them by four. They were the more aggressive team. They were scrappy. They were winning all the loose balls. They wanted it more. They wanted it more. They were more experienced. Um, and they were better coached tonight. That that's that's just a fact. And that was apparent. If you want to crawl on a ball or you want to, you know, I mean, people saying it was an embarrassing, it's not an embarrassing loss. Princeton's a really good team. Princeton is good. And Rutgers isn't gonna play as many teams as as disciplined, well organized. And tough as Princeton this year. They're not. Not even in the Big Ten. So, listen. Opening night loss. It stinks. Um, it's Monday night. What a Monday. But the fact is, this team will learn from this. I really do believe that. And it's a long season. And college basketball is back. And there's a lot of pieces to like about this team. And and it's just going to take time for things to gel. And by the way, they haven't got Moat Mag yet. He did not suit up. Um, he's close. I, I, my, my guess, I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be after, I think, I think it's going to be in a few games toward, towards, you know, late November, early December. I think they're kind of holding him out. Pico said after the game, it's up to, to Mag when he feels good enough to come back. So we'll see. Um, maybe that's too early. Maybe, maybe he'll come back sooner. But this team is going to need to navigate November and December, learning how to play as a team, learning how to win as a team, but avoid landmines of bad losses. You know, I know people who say it's a bad loss tonight. It might be a quad three, but it's still, it's people that watch basketball, people that understand basketball know that losing to Princeton is not a bad loss. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it stinks the way Rutgers played. It's disappointing. It's upsetting, but it's not embarrassing. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, it, it's it's not a major indictment on everybody. Like, let's just get over it, okay? So um, disappointing night. And I'm still excited about this team and this season. Um, they play again uh, Friday night against BU, and that's obviously a chance to, to bounce back and get this uh, get get some things meshing a little bit better. Again, I think that Pico's a master at that type of environment in terms of trying to build the team together. It's just going to take time. Thank you for listening and watching the Scholar Faithful podcast once again, and I'll catch you tomorrow.